0: All right. Well, good morning. Uh, thank you for joining us today. My name is Taylor Clark, and I'm the founder of Weapons of Righteousness Ministries. And I believe this is episode nine, uh, and we are going to continue talking about who you are in Christ. This is uh, this is one of the this is the foundational. Um, revelation that you have to grasp as a believer and follower of Jesus Christ is to see yourself in him to see yourself in his victory not in your own victory to see yourself not through flesh and blood but through who you are in the spirit this is the renewing our mind that must take place when when Paul talks about in Romans chapter 12 When he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. Or you could say, do not believe the deception or the wile of the devil that we wage war or that we fight against flesh and blood or we wrestle against flesh and blood. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind to what? To who you are in Jesus Christ. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Walking in the good, acceptable, perfect will of God is all determined Around renewing your mind to who you are in Christ, and how do we renew our mind? Do we renew it by uh, by uh, doing better? Do we renew it by our actions? Do we renew it by reading reading books and philosophy books and going and talking to psychiatrists and counselors and and all these different worldly ways of the world's wisdom, or Do we stick our nose in this book and draw out the spiritual gold that's in here and allow the Holy Spirit to teach us? Now, we can be taught by pastors and we can be taught by ministers and and that is great, but you cannot grow through another person's revelation. I'm going to say that again. You cannot grow as a believer through another man's revelation their revelation let me say it this way you have to grow the only way you can grow spiritually is by receiving revelation through the holy spirit now other ministers can uh can enlighten you to scriptures and, and give you uh, truth and speak truth to you that you hadn't heard before, which will then draw you to go back to the word or should draw you to go back to the word and ask the Holy Spirit to make those scriptures come alive to you so that they not, they're not they not just their truth, but it's your truth through the Holy Spirit that that you need to ask the Holy Spirit, is this truth? Is this really what this scripture means? And the Holy Spirit will minister to you and make those verses come alive and burn within you to where you can't hold it inside you anymore, where that change, where that that seed that's sown within your heart, that's sown by that minister or by you reading the word yourself, is then cultivated and watered and then grows and you begin to see a harvest of that seed producing in your life. So we need to renew our minds to who we are in Christ. And that's what we're going to continue talking about today. All right, so we've talked about we are three-part beings. We are spirit, soul, and body. We aren't just soul and body. We aren't just spirit and body. We are spirit, soul, and body. The body is what you see right now through this screen. This is flesh and blood. But according to to Paul in verse twelve of chapter six in Ephesians, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So this life, this this uh, this body of mind, flesh and blood, I'm not discounting that. I'm not saying that that's not real. But I'm saying that the truth of God can change your reality in this life. That facts, just because a doctor says that you have cancer, that cancer is attacking your body, that in this flesh and blood body, cancer is dwelling. If a doctor has said that to you or says that to you, this is is the battle at that point. The battle at that point is, am I going to go off purely what I'm seeing with my eyes and what I'm hearing with my ears? Am I gonna believe that my battle right now is against cancer? Because if I believe that my battle is against cancer, then your, your results from that are gonna be the same results as the, the world would get. Your results will be, uh, you know, depending on what type of cancer it is, and if the doctors have any treatments for it, or whatever they say, will be the results that that you get i in my body i have no authority over cancer so if i say my battle is against cancer uh i i really have no grounds to fight on at that point i'm going to have to go and seek the means of of what flesh and blood can offer which is um you know chemo treatments and 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 uh all these different um you know, radiation and different things like that, and I will get the results that any unbeliever might get. There are some people who recover through those treatments, who see uh, you know a, a full recovery. Recovery, depending on um, what kind of cancer it is, and there's some people who their bodies are destroyed through those treatments. There's some people who uh, who struggle for the rest of their life based on on. On that cancer attacking their body, um, not saying doctors are are bad or that that uh, going and seeking those treatments are bad. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying at that point for me as a believer in Jesus Christ, I need to recognize that my battle, or I do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That I wrestle against principalities, powers. Rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness. Which means all those things you can group and say that this is the military forces of the devil. That we fight, that that our battle is spiritual and not flesh and blood. And so for me, if that was ever something that came against me and my body and i'm not believing that that uh that is but if it is if if i ever have to um stand against that and that's all we're commanded to do paul and jesus never say for us to fight against cancer that we need to wage war and battle against disease jesus already fought that battle on the cross When it says in Isaiah chapter 53 that He bore our sicknesses, He bore our diseases, and that by the stripes of Jesus we are healed. And then in 2 Peter 2.24, it's either 1 Peter or 2 Peter 2.24, Peter says that by the stripes of Jesus we were healed, that Jesus uh, that was part of the atonement on the cross, Jesus already defeated cancer on the cross just like he defeated sin on the cross. You know, people might say, well, if Jesus, if Jesus dealt with cancer on the cross, or if Jesus dealt with disease on the cross, then why do people still get sick? Well, Jesus dealt with sin on the cross, and people still sin. You see, we've built up these different arguments against what Jesus has purchased and paid for on the cross because we are waging war based on flesh and blood. We believe, those of you who have that mindset, believe that we are wrestling against flesh and blood, that we are wrestling against, against sickness. I've said it before, it's come out of my mouth, I'm fighting this sickness. We are never commanded in scripture to fight sickness. We are commanded in Scripture to fight the good fight of faith and stand in Jesus Christ's victory. We are not in tr- We are. I am not trying to get victory. If cancer was to attack this body, I'm not trying to get healed of cancer. I'm not trying. It's not like I see out in the out in, uh, down the road. There's there's uh, my healing from cancer, and I'm trying to get there no in my spirit i'm not sick in my spirit i am the righteousness of god in christ jesus as he is so am i in this life that's in galatians i believe that's in galatians i'm sorry a lot of these scriptures i'm just saying out of out of memory and i and i don't have the address them right now but it says that as he is referring to jesus so are we in this life so i know that in my spirit i am never sick in my spirit i have no strongholds no addiction no pain no disease no anxiety no fear that i have that that spirit has been born again i am as righteous in my spirit as i will be when i'm in the presence of uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ and I've received a, a glorified mind and a glorified body that right now it says that I am seated in heavenly places that's where my spirit is my spirit man is perfect is completely whole completely healthy this is the, this you guys have to understand this this is who you are in your spirit <coughs> excuse me So if sickness comes against me, if cancer comes against me, if disease comes against me, if fear comes against me, I'm not trying to fight those things. I am fighting from a position of victory. I'm standing in faith in the victory of Jesus Christ that He's already obtained. Jesus already fought those battles for me. The only battle for me right now is that I stand believing is that I use the shield of faith which has overcome the world I believe it's in first John that it says that um, and this has overcome the world even our faith there might be Romans Again, I'm, I apologize guys I'm just I'm the Holy Spirit is bringing back to my remembrance scripture our faith. We're told in in First Peter. I do remember this one. First Peter chapter five. Actually, I have it in my in my uh, in my journal here. First Peter chapter five, verse eight. Be sober. Be vigilant. This is Peter talking. He says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Where does he devour us? It doesn't say he can devour everybody. It says he seeks whom he may devour. He devours us in our minds. If he can take our minds and get us to believe that we are wrestling against flesh and blood, get us to believe that we are dirty, rotten sinners, that we are going to die from cancer, that we are going to uh, die from, from this disease or that disease, that we have no authority, have no power. If he can get you to believe that lie, he will literally devour you from the inside out. But Peter says, resist him. He says to resist him. So we can't, if we are being commanded to resist the devil, James 4, 7, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Not he may flee from you. Not he, if you do, if, 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 if you do this or that, it's a possibility that he might flee from No, he may flee from you. Or he will flee from you. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you, not God. God's not going to fight this battle for you. God's not going to resist for you. We resist, and Peter says it right here, how do we resist him? Steadfast in the faith. This is verse 9. Resist the devil, steadfast in the faith. Well, what faith? Faith, believing in who you are in Christ, who you are in your spirit. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. When we are, we are in this world, Jesus never said that we were going to be free from suffering because we're in this world. Jesus was persecuted. Jesus experienced suffering in this world. If the Son of God himself was persecuted and experienced suffering in this world, who are we to say that we won't? That's not what what Jesus said. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what Paul or Peter is saying. We will experience suffering in this world because we live in a fallen world. But the battle is in our mind, in our soul, in our mind, will, and emotions. Will we go off what we see in this flesh and blood world? Will we believe that that's the truth? Will we believe that we do wrestle against flesh and blood? Or will we believe in who we are in Christ? Will we identify with who we are in Christ? Will we identify with His victory? Will we identify with His commands, His promises that He's given us through His Word? Then it goes on in verse 10. Peter says, But may the God of all grace, who called us to His eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. See, these are the trials that are talked about in James chapter 1. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you experience diverse trials and temptations. We will experience trials and temptations here in this life because we live in a fallen world. These bodies have not been glorified. We are not walking around in perfect glorified bodies. These bodies are fallen and these bodies, these tents of ours will eventually die and give out. And eventually when Jesus returns, we will receive a new body. But when we go through sufferings, when we go through trials and temptations, and we stand, we resist the devil steadfast in the faith, we submit to God and resist the devil. He's going to flee from you. And in that victory, it's going to build your faith. In that victory, it will perfect or complete you, establish, strengthen, and settle you. This is the while of the devil. And you guys are probably tired of hearing me say that. But you have to understand every circumstance and everything that comes against you. You Number one, identify that this is not from God. Submit to God. Let's, let's just use James 4, and 4 7. Submit to God. What does that mean to submit to God? Submit to God, meaning submit to His will. Submit to identify what His will is. Identify. Look at this situation through the lens of Jesus Christ. Not through what you think, not through what the doctor thinks, not through what your mom or dad think, through the lens of Jesus Christ. I'm going to look at this. Resist the devil. It doesn't say to resist God. It says resist the devil. So we, we have to know what is from God and what's from the devil in order to resist it. Okay? So submit to God, resist the devil... How? How do we resist the devil? Steadfast in the faith. In what faith? In the faith of what Jesus Christ has obtained through his death and resurrection. In the faith of who you are in Christ. In the faith believing in the authority that he's given you in his name. If Jesus Christ is on the inside of me, that means I have his authority to use his name to speak to things. Jesus spoke to a fig tree. Jesus spoke, rebuked a fever. Jesus used words. He wielded the sword of the Spirit. When, when the devil came against him, what did the devil tempt Jesus with? I just want you to think about this. When the devil came, this was his greatest, this was uh, the epitome of temptation, the devil knew that if he could get Jesus to believe that he was wrestling against flesh and blood, instead of Jesus identify himself, himself as the Son of God, as the Christ, the Messiah, if he could get him to take his eyes off of the declaration that God made at his baptism, when God said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased, if he could get him to take his eyes off of the word that he received from God, and onto flesh and blood, onto his body, the devil knew that he'd be able to win. This was the single most important battle that the devil was going to fight and had been preparing to fight. If he could take down the Son of God, there was no hope for humanity. The first greatest temptation that he had was was getting Adam and Eve to yield to him their power, authority, and dominion in the garden. And he used the same tactic, the same scheme in both temptations, the same scheme that he uses against us today, the same scheme that Paul is talking about in Ephesians 6, verse 12, 11 and 12, getting them to focus on the physical, focus on their flesh, rather than on God. So in in Jesus' temptation, what did he do? He came to Jesus when he was in his bodily form, the weakest after 40 days of temptation, or 40 days of fasting. He said, if you are the Son of God, take these stones and turn it into bread. Again, getting Jesus to take his eyes off of his identification as the Son of God and being fed by the Word and onto feeding his natural body, onto his hunger. And what did Jesus say? Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word spoken by the Word of God. And I'm not quoting this exactly. I'm just quoting it from memory. All right, if you look at Luke chapter 4, and I believe it's Matthew chapter 4, you can see these. Second temptation. If you are the son of God, throw yourself off of this temple. For it says that his angels will bear you up. He quotes Psalms chapter 91, I believe verse 10 and 11. Again, taking his eyes off of his identification in Jesus, or identification as God's son, and onto his physical body proving that he is the son of God. When he already was told that he was God's son, he already heard it. All right, then the third temptation. He goes and brings him in a moment of time and exposes all the kingdoms of the world, key word, world, and their glory. And through his eyes, he gets him to look at the glory of flesh and blood. And says, bow down to me and I will give you all of these kingdoms in their glory. So he tempts him again. The lust of the eyes. And Jesus says, trying to think how he how he responded. Um, I believe it was, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Or get behind me, Satan. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Let me try and find it here. Regardless, he responds with the word and identifies himself and never, never wavers from his identity as God's son. That's how we need to deal with these, these wiles of the devil. When we are tempted to look only at flesh and blood, we need to identify ourselves, who we are in Christ Jesus. If we look at Adam and Eve, look at Satan's temptation to Eve. Hath God said, thou shalt not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Let's go to Genesis chapter 3, because this is, this is really key. I'm just trying to confirm my point here, guys. Adam and Eve had fellowship with God every day. They had perfect union with God, God the Father. And Satan, in the form of a serpent casts doubt into that relationship. He casts, he, he speaks out deception. And if, instead of standing, resisting that deception, utilizing their authority and dominion that God had given them, and casting the devil out of the garden, they received it. And they began to focus, their eyes went from their relationship with God to the physical, to flesh and blood. And look what it says. So we're going to read Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said? Questioning God's word. Questioning their relationship with God. You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, Casting doubt in God's goodness. He was saying God's God's withholding something from you. God's withholding wisdom from you. God's withholding this knowledge of good and evil. Hey buddy, I'll be done in just a minute, okay? Close the door. Um, my kids are having lunch And listen to what the what happens to the woman she receives that. And it says, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. Saw through flesh and blood the tree was good for food. That it was pleasant to the eyes. And the tree was desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he ate. So this is the... Okay, so yeah, First John says that these things are in the world. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. That these three things are all of what's in the world. This is, this is wrestling against flesh and blood. This is what's in the world. This is what the enemy uses to deceive us. He deceives us based on our own desires in the world. And the difference is... Jesus knew God. Jesus knew his Father. Jesus placed faith in the word that he received from God at his baptism, saying, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And he used the truth of God's word, the truth of what was found, what was in the Old Testament, he was quoting from Deuteronomy, to overcome the temptation to look, to, to, to rustle against flesh and blood. Adam and Eve did not. Adam and Eve were consumed by what they saw with their eyes, and they gave in, and they yielded to that temptation. We, as believers, need to stand in the victory that Jesus has already obtained. And in order for us to stand in that victory, we need to know what has been given to us through that victory. We need to know what we are victorious over. We need to know who we are in Christ Jesus, the new creations that we've become through being born again in Christ. And the way we learn that, the way we see that, is to to renew our minds to His Word. I don't don't think I got through exactly what I wanted to get through today, so I might be talking about this again in the next episode. This is why it's so important for us to see who we are in Christ and renew our minds to that victory, to what's been obtained in Christ, and to ask the Holy Spirit to teach us. The Holy Spirit, Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit as our teacher who will lead us and guide us into all truth. If you've been born again if you've received jesus made him lord of your life then you are a new creation in christ but your job now all of our jobs now as believers is to draw is to renew our minds drawing from who we are in christ jesus drawing from that victory drawing from the image of christ in us the hope of glory that's our, that's our position now for the rest of our lives on this earth. We might need to be renewing our minds to that reality. The reality of Jesus Christ on the inside of us. His victory. Having the mind of Christ. In my spirit, I have the mind of Christ. I know all things in my spirit. Why? Because I'm seated in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. That's what the Word says. I believe that 100%. I place my faith in that. Now I need to renew this mind, this natural mind, to those things. I need to receive from the mind of Christ. And that connection is through the Holy Spirit. And so the next episode, I'm going to get into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And uh, um, because this. Rather than continuing on with Ephesians chapter 6, verses 12, 13, and, and on to the armor, I believe that this at this point I need to to, to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, and what that actually means and how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Alright, so I'm going to close in prayer here, and, uh, and that's what we will talk about during our uh, next episode. Alright, I pray that you guys were blessed. I pray that you've received what I've been saying, and don't just take what I say in these episodes as, um, as, as truth, as the Word of God. Research it yourself. Go into the Word. Look at the, look at the Scriptures in this Word and ask the Holy Spirit to teach you. This, is what, this has been what the Holy Spirit has taught me and revealed to me, and I have seen life-changing fruit from these truths that God has quickened to me through His Spirit. And that's the job of the Holy Spirit is to teach us, to help us, to comfort us, to lead us and guide us into all truth. And by Him making these a reality in my life, I have boldness now to share it with others because I've seen in this life the results of walking in these truths and standing in these truths and resisting the devil steadfast in the faith, as, as Peter told us. So let's go ahead and close in prayer. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, that you are a good Father, that you are a good God, and that you displayed your goodness through Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord, that we can know what is your will through Jesus, that that mystery, the mystery that was in the Old Testament, because they did not know you as we know you, I thank you that that mystery has been revealed through Jesus Christ. In the face of Jesus Christ, that mystery has been revealed. So I pray that each of those listening today will look at themselves in their spiritual mirror, look at themselves through the Word of God, your Word, and see their reflection in Christ see christ in them the hope of glory and i believe that that's being done i believe that revelation is being quickened by you holy spirit to those listening that lives are being changed that seeds that have been sown over these videos are now beginning to sprout and come to life and to grow roots and that each of those listening that have been open to being taught by you holy spirit will walk in authority and victory over their flesh, putting to death the deeds of this body in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray. Amen. All right. Have a great day, guys.